0: Welcome to How Did I Get This Far? Each episode will tackle the basic skills and knowledge that we all completely missed learning. Soon enough, you'll stop having to ask yourself, how did I get this far? On this episode, we talk about real estate. When buying a home, do you really need a real estate agent? Or do you call them realtors? Real estate brokers? And what are the best tips for finding the right home? And we go over costs involved. All that and more right now. Hello, everyone. Like all chapters in life, buying a house sounds like a lot of stress and endless questions. Luckily, my guest today knows how to make the home buying experience a happy and successful one. That guest is Ian Gordon, a top-ranking real estate broker with Get Happy at Home, an award-winning team under the Caldwell Banker Bain umbrella based in Seattle, Washington. Welcome, Ian.
1: Hi there. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. I am happy at home to have you.
1: (laughs) Well, so are we, you know.
0: (laughs) We're going to do a little glossary index before we dive into further questions. I'm going to give you different terms that I've seen online about real estate and, you know, you'll define them. Uh, The catch is you need to explain them as if you're talking to a preschooler because that is where my knowledge level (laughs) is.
1: Okay. good. So we'll talk in like very like minuscule terms like, uh, you know, red ball, green shirt kind of stuff, right?
0: What? Wait, I'm so confused. Why are you talking? No, good, <laughs> <yes. laughs> good, good. All right. So, well, I hinted at the first one. What is the difference between a realtor, a real estate agent, and a real estate broker?
1: Okay, so um, this I feel like you could define in like a few different ways. I feel like real estate agent is like the most commonly universal term, right? And so- mm-hmm. Uh, kind of anyone can be that, and then a realtor or a realtor, however, you want to stress that. O-R. <laughs> I
0: was like, wow, pinkies up. Yeah,
1: seriously, the that is an actual uh, designation that you actually pay to be a part of, and the Association of Realtors is a national, uh, company, I guess, or organization is probably the better term. And um, they just sort of hold the standards bar and ethics bar for realtors across the country, as well as uh, promote safe housing rules, um, help agents with kind of moving things forward with Congress. They've helped us uh, obtain certain uh, benefits like healthcare, things like that, beyond what we've normally had for just a, a, a not a union in any way, but it's sort of if you wanted to call it something like that, it would be maybe similar. And it's just sort of a, an exclusive thing that you have to join. Um, so in the state of Washington, there's two terms for broker. Uh, we like the term broker because I think it's just like, it just sounds good. But uh, like industry term, a broker would be the one that manages the office. Uh, But for Washington State specifically, you have a designated managing broker. That's the person that runs the office. And then you have a managing broker who is essentially the agent. So I am a realtor because I'm a part of the Realtor Association. And then I don't manage the office. So in Washington State, I'm a managing broker. And then in general, you can call me a broker or a real estate agent. So we'll we'll three-tier that down.
0: (laughs) Wait, so you can be all three?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I thought they were all either exactly the same and you can interchange them or they were completely different. But you <laughs> ended up being neither of those.
1: Yeah, I think it's just like like we have all these terms and then they've all become sort of an amalgam of one another to a degree.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and for like the general public, like if you said, oh, I called my realtor today to buy a house or I called my agent today to buy a house, like the general public, that's pre-understood. So, okay, you can any of them, <laughs> Most people
0: it. know this, Amanda. <laughs> Move
1: <laughs> on. <laughs> no, no, no. We're like, I mean, well, uh, it's good. It's totally good. It, you can use really any one, but like specifics, that's how that would run
0: down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I have another dumb one for you. Right. Uh, condominium versus apartment.
1: Oh, that's not dumb at all. Uh, a lot of people get this confused. And it's because I think geographically, it's different terms. So... In New York City, you would buy an apartment or you would live in an apartment or a flat or whatever, right? Whereas in other parts of the country, the difference between condos and apartments is ownership. So apartments, you would go and rent, you'd have a deposit, you'd have a lease agreement. And then a condo, you actually own a percentage of the building. So uh, you would sell it like a house, you would own it like a house. And then uh, you pay into association that takes care of the structure and kind of all of all the parts beyond that. So that's probably a little easier one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Here's another one. The term half bath. Is that without a tub? Is that without a shower? Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, The easiest way I can describe bathrooms or how I've kind of like figured it out over the years is think of every item in a bathroom as uh, a quarter percent so or a quarter piece of the puzzle so a toilet would be 0.25 a sink would be 0.25 a tub would be 0.25 and a shower would be 0.25 so like all four of those things together you have a full bath and then a half typically is just a toilet and a sink like a powder room is another term and then a three-quarter is just a shower uh sink and a toilet
0: Okay, the next three get a little bit harder. Um, This one's probably the biggest term to use, mortgage.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Um, A mortgage is just what you would use to secure a home. So it's your home loan, essentially. That's like the easiest way to define it. Uh, We do home loans a little bit differently or mortgages a little bit differently where before you actually go shopping for a house, you talk to a lender and get pre-approved because it's a pretty involved process. Like you can go to a dealership and put like fog on a mirror typically and get a car. It's not, it's not too hard, you know, as long as you yeah. can, you know, be legit. But when it comes to a home loan, there's uh, quite a few things you have to go through. So yeah, a, a mortgage quite simply is just the loan that <clears throat> you use to purchase the home mostly because people don't have millions of dollars in the bank or several hundred thousand. or whatever. So. Right.
0: How much do you, typically have to put down to get the house uh
1: you know there's such a broad scope there was this big uh kind of long-term running uh assumption i think that a lot of people had about home loans where you had to have 20 percent down to buy a house and uh i am all for and support people putting as much down as they think is necessary and um there's a lot of caveats that come with that but um there's a lot of programs like there's a VA low wrap VA program which if you're in armed forces or retired or anything like that, um, it's a zero down loan. Um, they have the FHA, which only certain people qualify for, but it's a three and a half percent down loan. And then um, conventional financing, which is probably the most common and and I think the easiest on terms overall, is starts at five percent. So. Um, okay. Perhaps you're buying an investment, perhaps you can afford a larger payment and you want to have less cash out because you're maneuvering stuff around. Uh, there's lots of options you can do.
0: Oh, okay. So it's not a one size fits all with how much you need to pay up front.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then there's, there's like probably a thousand options that, that sort of go beyond that. But like your lowest is zero down. And then mm-hmm. uh, let's say the most common, at least for the Seattle area is probably around 20%. So, yeah.
0: All right, great. All right, the next one is the word escrow.
1: Right when I was getting into real estate, I used to be like, oh yeah, like we're going to be in escrow. Or like I would watch uh, like Phil Dunphy, a modern family. He's like, yeah, we got two houses in escrow today. And like literally no one uses that term at all. <laughs> Wait, but like, <laughs> I, just, I thought it'd be so fun. Escrow is a neutral third party. So, In a transaction, you basically have, I would say, four players, right? You have the buyer, the seller, the agents, the lender. Oh, that's five. And then escrow. (laughs) Um, They're the neutral third party that handles all the documents uh, up until the end. So um, they will be taking care of your loan documents, the seller's documents, and they facilitate the transaction with the state and the county that you reside in. And um, so their job is really just to like keep things moving and get it done with local municipalities.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't realize there was an I mean, I knew that like the state has to like recognize that that's your home, but that's the time when it's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, in a lot of like um, every state's different. So in New York, they're all done by attorneys. That's your escrows, just attorneys. And everybody has an attorney. It's this whole thing. Um, in Georgia they have attorneys and escrow and um, here in Washington we just have they're called limited practice brokers so they're not attorneys but they're assigned to do their job and um, they just help facilitate so uh, it, it, it kind of they don't work for anybody necessarily but in Washington state they they just kind of make everything happen at the
0: end. OK, that's still a necessary step. It's just the title might be different. Oh, yeah. Of who's doing Yeah, yeah, it.
1: exactly. Uh-huh.
0: OK. All right. Then the last one, it's not really a term, but um, what it consists of, closing costs.
1: Oh, OK, cool. Yeah. Um, closing costs are your fees for the loan. That would be one part of it. And then the other part of it would be like um, they're different for a buyer and a seller, but let's just we'll focus on buyer for starters. So uh your loan fee costs would be kind of how the lender gets paid. Um closing costs would be half the escrow fee, glad we brought up escrow. <laughs> um title fees that are in there, which is another kind of back end thing. Um as a buyer you'll pay for prorated property taxes, uh potentially utilities depending on how your contract's set up. And then on the flip side Uh, You have seller paid closing costs, which are going to be, again, half of the escrow fee, you have federal excise tax, Um, if there's any sort of local sales tax, that's maybe a thing, depending where you are in the country, and then um, utilities, your prorated property taxes, and um, agent commissions, that's the other big one.
0: Okay, perfect. You did explain that very simply, but that still almost put me to sleep. So there's a reason I'm not interested in working in real estate. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you're on that side and I'm on this side. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's a great stepping stone for uh, the conversation we'll have on buying and a little bit on selling. Um, I personally have only rented. Um, Is there ever a circumstance where buying is the clear better option than renting
1: you know i think for for everyone to take that next step it's got to be a little bit personal um we've had a ton of clients that buy investment properties and it's there's a different feel to it because you're nuts and bolts and your numbers and you're figuring that stuff out um we've had a ton of families we've had a ton of first-time home buyers which we absolutely love um I think for for anyone that's looking to buy or considering the two options, um, if you look at like a rent versus buy calculator, that'll probably scare the shit out of you because you'll be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'll be spending that much money in rent versus on a mortgage to myself." But also, mm-hmm. um, you know, we live in kind of like a fast-paced world, and um, here in Seattle, which I'll just reference a lot because that's my point of reference, but um, yeah. the like we're in a big tech city, so people come and go two to three years, and sometimes you know you just don't want to set up roots or have necessarily a property um, for that long. Although I will say, in certain markets, um, including Seattle, San Francisco, um, Atlanta, New York, whatever, the um, you can buy and sell in three years; it'd be totally fine. So I think that it's, it, it's really personal on whether you want to take that next step. And then also, too, it's, it's a big commitment financially. Having the money to do it is also obviously another large, large factor.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, then let's say that all of those things check out and you feel like you're in a place ready to be a first time buyer.
1: Ooh, we're buying. We're buying.
0: <laughs> we're doing it. Let's see how yeah. awful this experience is. Just kidding. I'm yeah. sure it's great. It's so much fun. Let's do it.
1: Well, yeah, it's actually a very fun experience. And I know like uh, my business partner and I, which we've only hung out like once, but uh, we intend and like to have as much fun as possible mm-hmm. in online because it is so stressful, but you can make it fun. And, you know, it's just who you're working with and all that. About. But um, I'm sure we'll dive deep into that.
0: All right. So let's go into these questions. What is the, what do you gain from having a real estate agent? Obviously, you can do it on your own. And obviously, I would never do it on my own because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what would you say is the biggest benefit of getting a real estate agent?
1: Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, so many stories for this one. So Go for important. it. Uh, the, I always say to people that are like, oh, I can buy a house on my own. I always say to them, or even selling, like, um, would you represent yourself in a murder trial? Wow. Uh, it's like, I mean, it's like a little bit of a strong one because, you know, obviously... No, it's
0: like the same thing, murder. right? Buying a house murdering <laughs> someone.
1: It's an to- identical process, truthfully um no i mean it's like a little bit harsh but also at the same time it just like gives you a little bit of perspective because like you know any other attorneys uh not as exciting so yeah and then they're like oh well of course i would hire an attorney like people hire attorneys for anything and they don't think about it but then for some reason on the largest financial decision they're ever going to make in their life they think that they can do it alone so that's sort of the funny part the other the other half is um you know when you're buying a house you aren't paying agent commissions those are paid by the seller we have a pay it forward system so really all you have to come to the table when you're buying a house is your down payment and then your closing costs and you talk to any lender or or someone local and they'll totally factor those in for you but when you look at housing markets there's such a fluctuation in um the time of year that you buy and the property that you buy that's uh, going to be good for, for what's good locally. Um, in Seattle, just as an example, the, uh, there's going to be an option for like a family house. So families in Seattle, if they're buying a house, they love to have three bedrooms on the top floor. That's just like a thing that has to happen. But then you go like an hour and a half north of here to Bellingham. And um, one of the biggest things that people have to have in Bellingham is a master on the main. So there's all these geographical changes that you wanna factor in when you're making these purchases. And the only, pe- the only people that would know what that is, is gonna be a local real estate agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, anybody can buy anything. Like a busy road is typically not a great place to buy certain properties like uh, you know, a house or if you want quiet or whatever. And, and your, your values just sort of are or can be diminished because of certain things, right? That's the name of the game. But realtors provide that perspective. And a good realtor with years of knowledge is going to have thousands of buyers in their head calculating all the things that they've heard and said and have these things over the years. And then they put that out. And that's supposed to be a protection for you as a mm-hmm. client. Our biggest goal for my business partner, Matt and I, is we want to make our clients so happy and excited about their home purchase, but also feel like when they call us in that you know, three to five years and like, hey, we want to, we're moving out of Seattle, we wanna move up, we wanna get rid of our condo and buy a house now. Uh, we want them to be excited because we've warned them of the pitfalls or found the perfect house that should appreciate the best. And then in turn sells for the most and they can move forward Mm -hmm. on their home buying journey and and investing.
0: It definitely makes a good point that your job is not only to know the inside of the house, but also the outside. So the surrounding neighborhoods and what's going to help you when you need to sell it down the road and everything like that. So
1: you have the expertise. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are
0: there any other aspects of um, a house that you should keep your eye out for? So, um, you know, the part of town that you're in, when's a good time to buy and sell, anything like that?
1: You know, I think that the things that you can't functionally change about a house are things that you should keep your eye on. So we're in the Northwest, natural light is a big deal. Uh unless you can like, you know, create a view or skylights or whatever, a house with a lack of natural light is always gonna be a problem. Um Uh, Number one, rule of real estate is location, location, location. A a quote-unquote bad neighborhood to me is um, not necessarily a thing, honestly. We do a lot of uh, efforts, I think, locally to dispel dispel people's uh, thoughts or negativity towards certain neighborhoods because of... um, Uh, we like to say people visualize things with their eyes or they make assumptions with their eyes versus actual facts. So that's like something that we like to, we talk to talk about, which is a totally different topic. But um, there's that. The, um, I think local things that are important to people, like um, AC was never like a really like specific thing to have in the Northwest for obvious reasons, but you're in LA Mm -hmm. and I'm sure like if you bought a house in LA, like everybody has AC. If you didn't have that, it'd be a little weird so yeah i mean there's just so many little nuances and i think that having someone on your side that's advocating for you is going to be really hugely important to your success because it's not you are buying a house and you're going to live there and you're going to make memories and you're going to have friends over and uh all that but i think too it's a twofold because it's also an investment so you need to think of it in that way and and For a lot of people and myself included, it's more or less like a checklist where it's like, okay, I've got like my X, Y, and Z over here for this to be a good investment. And now how does it function in my life? And how does it all work and and make me feel excited and happy to live there?
0: Yeah, a good balance of emotional and financial (laughs) decision making. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Okay, so to find these homes to consider, what are the best sites or best places to find potential homes?
1: Oh, sure. Okay. Um, so, Realtor.com, um, I've actually been like a big fan of it because I just think that it's a good website. It's very up-to-date Um, all that. There's like some little brokerages or things like that that have other options. Uh, Zillow is always out there. Zillow sometimes doesn't have the most up-to-date information, which is a little bit frustrating. And then Cobalt Banker themselves, they have a pretty good tool. The, typically what happens when you meet with a realtor and you say, hey, let's work together, they'll set you up on a search and they can have you do it that way. Cool. And so um, if you're going to use like little resources or let's just say you're, you're, you you're just want to check out the market, I think realtor.com is a really good option. Okay. Um, there's an app for your phone. Um, you can create a profile and save your favorites, and make notes, and um, it's quite nice.
0: All right, so let's say we have some houses pinned on this app. Uh, then maybe we want to go to an open house. Um, what should you pay attention to in an open house? My, I asked my dad, he's, he's bought houses enough that he doesn't have that many questions anymore, but I Uh, asked him, what is something you wish you had known? And he's like, what to actually look for in open houses?
1: Um, sometimes I've had clients where, um, like Matt and I have kind of distilled buyers into um, logical versus emotional. And we're not saying that that's like the two sides of a fire, those are the only two types of fires, but that sort of covers like a good spectrum. And so, you know, like a lot of our like tech engineer clients are definitely more logical. So we ask the question because we want to, to help counterbalance the other half of it, where they're like just looking at facts and numbers and knowledge. And then the opposite side, is like the emotional buyer who doesn't care about anything <laughs> they just care about like the fact that there's a pretty paint color or something like that and a perfect example would be we worked with this gal who i won't say her name although she totally she'd crack up laughing if i did so her name's larissa <laughs> <laughs> and uh larissa is like we stayed friends she's so funny but I could bring her into a cardboard box underneath a freeway overpass and she's like, oh my God, Ian, I love it. I've never (laughs) seen a more beautiful house. And I was like, "Uh, hey girl, no, that's not how this works. (laughs) Really, I think what helps a lot of times is to create a little bit of a game for yourself and assign point numbers to certain things. So let's let's say your wish list is two bedrooms uh one bathroom hardwood floors and a new kitchen all right and so you go into this it's a cute little like spanish bungalow that's in west hollywood or santa monica and uh you know you're cruising around and you go in and it's two bedrooms has hardwood floors and one bathroom but the kitchen's old so you've assigned let's say one point for each of those things so there's five points and there's uh your minimum for liking the house or moving forward would be maybe those five points and so you're at four out of five and so you cross it off your list but you also have to take into account kind of like all the other factors like maybe it has a big lot or maybe it's cheaper in your budget and you can remodel it so um, sometimes gamifying things a little bit helps. Yeah. Uh, it removes the emotional side, not as much, or it gets you to the door and then you can go past that.
0: I can see how you say that you make it a, a happy experience because you've turned real estate shopping into a game. That's great.
1: Yeah. By doing that, you can sort of help yourself move beyond from like, oh, that couch looks so great or, uh, you know, oh, I love that wall color kind of thing. And then adversely, if you're the more logical side, and you're like, okay, it's got my two bedrooms and my X square footage, and the price is X. Let's flip that into a view and gas cooking because you want to learn how to cook, and uh, maybe you you need a, a gift wrapping room like Tori Spelling's mom, Candy Spelling. And like, <laughs> like all these things. I love that. And awesome. uh, uh, you know, like you, you want to just flip things against yourself or what you're used to doing, right? And that will help you kind of move forward a little bit and and keep you in check. It's all about accountability. That's what we all mm-hmm. need, right? So um, doing that. Also, your agent should kind of fill these things in. I think that the an open house in general is an opportunity for the general public to come looking at a house and whatnot, but Open houses are kind of um, the tip of the iceberg, let's say. Yeah.
0: How long does it usually take from the moment you start shopping to the moment you walk into your new home?
1: You know, we always say like the client drives the train, so to speak. So I think for every client, it's just going to work differently. Yeah. And um, that just always is a factor. So yeah, it it goes as quickly as you want. And also your agent kind of helps drive that. If your agent's not aggressive or it's not – advantageous to you and kind of what your wants and needs are then um that's also a factor so we just we like to kind of jump when our clients tell us to jump
0: yeah and i'm sure you're uh the real estate agent also does a lot of the negotiating portion um, i'm assuming after you pick the home that you really want what uh what is that process like for the buyer uh, when it comes to actually negotiating to get the home
1: oh sure okay so, um, let's just say you, Amanda, found uh, a cute little house, and it was $400,000, and uh, we'll go back to our, our thing where we just said two bedrooms, one bath, hardwood floors, and new kitchen. So, it has all that stuff, right? Um, <clears throat> we look at comms, so and it's a step four it has been on the market for a few weeks, and you know, uh, you're like, well, well, I'd be happy to pay four hundred, but if we could squeak out a little bit something here and there, you know, how would that look? And so... What I would do is I would pull up neighborhood comps and figure out what the house is worth based on that information. And then from there, come back to you and say, hey, you know, this house actually is priced really appropriately, I don't know why it hasn't sold yet, but uh, I can find comps that range from 400 to 415. Or, uh, you know, there's been some other houses in the neighborhood that are super similar that have sold for like high threes, but haven't necessarily had like a nice enough kitchen. So maybe, Uh, it's listed at 400, which seems fair, but let's try to like squeak out a little like five grand or something, hit them at 395. Okay. Mm -hmm. So from there, you make the offer, uh, go back and forth with the seller. If need be, we figure out what's going to be most advantageous for you because you're my client. And then from there, uh, you do your inspection and during the inspection, I always like to say the four S's. So safety, security, structure, and systems. And those... Words are like key element <laughs> ingredients. We can't negotiate because you don't like that wall color or like the the window treatments are just like not up to par for you like not <laughs> not a thing, you know. Uh, when I say those safety structure security systems, I mean the the safety of the house, the structure of the house, um, systems that would mean like your electrical, your plumbing, uh, the roof, what the windows are doing, the doors, the foundation, obviously framing, whatever whatever you're looking at. And then um, anything else that would pertain to that. So the appliances, any drainage on the property, if there's a slope, you're kind of looking at the land and what that's going to do with the foundation, how it's pinned up, um, all those things. So very simple example. You know, you're, you're sitting there with your client, or you're my client, sorry. And uh, the house is great, the owners took amazing care of it, but it needs a new water heater. The water heater is 15 years old, average lifespan of water heater is 10 to 12. And so you say, okay, well, you know, we got a little bit of money off at 395 because our seller accepted our $5,000 low offer, but I didn't know about this water heater being bad and that's gonna fall on me if it breaks. So we go back to the seller and we say, hey seller, Uh, you know, we either want you to fix that water heater, put a brand new one in, or give us some sort of, you know, concession for that amount of money. And then it's up to the seller to decide if they want to do that. Sometimes they'll say, well, we already gave you five grand. So there you go. Or they'll make it work or, uh, they won't, but pretty much after the inspection, um, if after your offer is accepted and after your inspection's completed, those are going to be the only two times that you would negotiate.
0: Okay. It's funny. My next question was actually going to be what an inspector looks for and you already answered it. So.
1: Well, and it keeps people in check too. Like we had, um, we had a listing and the agent on the other side was let's say new. How about that? You know, she just didn't know how to guide her clients properly. And so they came back to us after the inspection and they said, Oh, you know, my clients don't really love the white paint that you chose, which is like nothing's more inoffensive than white color walls. (laughs) And then she said that the clients really want the hardwood floors refinished. They didn't like the natural stain that we chose and they wanted like a darker oak stain. And I was like, okay, that's great, but that has nothing to do with the house. That's totally personal preference. And that would be something that they have to deal with on their own. So anyways, we figured it out. But um, even recently... We sold a townhouse that had a couple of little drywall cracks that were just settling cracks. And they're like, they're minuscule, they're hairline cracks and they're easy to fix. But um, people put on the inspection that, that we were to fix those. I'm like, listen, this isn't a brand new house. Like it, there's gonna be little things that you deal with all the time, but something cosmetic is just not typically uh, what I would expect on, a, yeah. on an inspection. Uh, new construction, totally different story. Um, new constructions to be near perfect. But otherwise, uh, yeah, it, it, safety, security, structure systems, all that.
0: Perfect. Love it. Yeah, uh, is there, Are there any other details in the process of, of getting the deal done with getting a home?
1: Um, you know what? I think that a really good lender plays a big role in getting a house. We have a lot of great lenders that we work with. And not only are they great people, but they treat their clients just like we would. So when you enter a contract to purchase a house, you've agreed to those terms and those timelines. And lending isn't necessarily in your hands because you're not the one doing it. So finding a good local lender that will you know, put you as a priority and you're not a, a file and a folder kind of thing is a massive role. We have such a push for local lenders because we just know that the loan will get done and like the least amount of hassle. Whereas if you're working with a big bank, it can really like diminish the whole process or add so much stress on top of everything else when your lender's non-responsive or you know, you're, you're up against a deadline because your lease is expiring. You have movers lined up and your lender can't meet your closed date. And you wouldn't get that with somebody more local or small. So that would be a big thing.
0: I definitely think you saying that changes my perspective on uh, house hunting because to me, it sounds like a, an impersonal exchange, but there are yeah. ways to make it more personal and make it yeah. fun for everyone.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's not like um, buying a house is not uh just this like nuts and bolts point a to point b process like there's so much involved and so uh much like even just going back to like a like a murder trial i hate to say it but it's it's like a funny slash good example you're gonna be working so closely with these people and you're trusting them to find you the best house for the best price, for all these things to protect you, protect your family, protect your investment. All of that which plays a big role when it comes to a lender. You know, you want to make sure that they're advocating for you and making sure the loan gets done on time and that, you know, you have a good interest rate and all that stuff and you know, there's just so many pieces of the puzzle, so building your team or building your kind of like group of people that work around you to support you. And, and create this home buying process for you. I think it's just really important. We always joke that like, like literally half of my friend group was like past clients, where uh, like uh, in the first year that I did real estate and sold a house to this really cute couple. And uh, we ended up getting locked out, not by fault of me, but the, um, the agent said they'd had the key box on by like like 9 a.m. the next day and we showed up at 10 and he still wasn't there. So we ended up sitting on the steps of this townhouse just, like, cracking up about, like, real housewives and, like, basically anything on Bravo. And, uh, like, totally forged a friendship. And I feel like that's happened so many times with clients. And it's just been, like, super fun. And we've traveled with our clients, go to birthday parties and baby showers and, like, all that stuff. And so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is fun. It's very social. And so that yeah. is, is a big aspect of it that I love.
0: That's great. Well, for listeners who are considering house hunting or I guess just want to be your friend um, in the Seattle area, (laughs) what is the best way to get in touch with you or with your team?
1: Oh, sure. So um, we have our own website, obviously. I mean, this is uh, 2020, uh, which is Get Happy at Home, G-E-T-H-A-P-P-Y-A-T-H-O-M-E dot com. And then um, our Facebook is just uh, if you're on Facebook, Get Happy at Home. And then, well, we have an Instagram too. I should plug that. So uh, yeah. Instagram, get happy at home.
0: I definitely recommend to everyone to check out the website because there is some fun banter in that site as far as the way that your team oh, is yeah. described and the pictures yeah, of you, yeah. like your team having fun. It's it's really cute.
1: We do. We do have like a we have a very robust blog page that we're going to start morphing into a vlog page. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're constantly updating it and then obviously pushing it out to all of our outlets. And um, there's some really good information on there. It's it's a fun tool. It's a fun site. Uh, We update it constantly. So yeah, uh, totally hit us up anytime. We'd love to chat.
0: Thank you, Ian. You really sold me on the idea that buying a house (laughs) can be fun.
1: Air quotes included, you know? So included.
0: Uh, <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and your tips. Thank you to everyone that tuned in. Fortunately, there are no taxes or fees for listening to this episode. So we will just get far with you next time. Thank you again, Ian. Well,
1: oh, Thank you.
0: If there is a basic task or aspect of life that you cannot grasp, or if you want to learn more about this topic, email how did I get this far at gmail.com and tag at how did I get this far on Instagram with your helpful hacks. Finally, please give the podcast a rating and review so the show can continue tackling more struggles. But that's as far as we will get for now. I'm Amanda Ogan. Thanks for listening.